0: Welcome to the YA Cafe, where we share conversations about books for teachers, readers, and caffeine addicts everywhere. On today's episode, we'll be talking about Monday's Not Coming by Tiffany D. Jackson. Grab a mug of your favorite beverage, friends, and let's talk books. Do you have a product you'd like to get in front of teachers,
1: librarians, and other book lovers? If so, email us at yacafepodcast
2: at gmail.com.
3: Welcome, y'all. As always, our first segment will be spoiler-free, and so you can
0: stick around even if you haven't checked out the new novel yet. I'm Amanda Thrasher. And I'm Danielle Hall, an 8th and ninth grade English teacher, and I blog at teachnouvelle.com. And we're welcoming back to the show Courtney and Anna from the Bookstagram community. These awesome ladies joined us for Episode 9 to talk about Children of Blood and Bone, and we're super excited to have them back. Hey, ladies! Hi! Hi! In Tiffany D. Jackson's newest novel, Monday's Not Coming, Claudia is the only one who seems to care that her best friend Monday hasn't shown up for school. She tries talking to her parents, her teachers, the cops, and even Monday's own dysfunctional family. Can Claudia help solve the mystery of her best friend's disappearance? So before we jump into talking about this book, I wanted to throw this to Courtney and Anna, who had read, allegedly, Tiffany D. Jackson's first novel. Told me to read it, so I did. So, like, let's start there. Allegedly. What did y'all think of that book?
2: So this is Courtney. Um, I love that book. Tiffany Jackson knows how to use tension. Um, great mystery writer. And this book was a really big on, in the Bookstagram community. Everyone was sharing it and saying to read it. it. It went viral on Facebook. So as soon as I heard about her new book, of course, I had to pick it up.
1: How about you, Anna? Um, I just love the fact of how she makes you root for the wrong person. If I'm saying that right, <laughs> <laughs> so the whole time you're reading the book, you're like, "Yeah, I'm supporting this girl. I feel bad for her. I, I, you know, I wanted, I wanted to adopt her, even though she was, you know, getting of age. I wanted to adopt her." And then you get to that ending, you're like, "What? <laughs> it, it was, it was really good." <laughs>
0: yeah, it definitely makes you doubt your own capacity to. Read a book and like trust your instincts. There Mm -hmm. are so many twists and turns, and I think that you know we anticipated Monday's Not Coming having that same level of impact. So, first impressions of Monday's Not Coming. Amanda, you haven't read Allegedly, so let's start with you.
3: Right, so I didn't read Allegedly, so I had no notion of who Tiffany Jackson was as a writer going into this, and I thought Monday's Not Coming was just incredibly effective. Like, you really feel. Claudia's dread, as she is trying to convince people that like, no, my friend is missing. It's a problem. She isn't just ghosting me, something bigger is going on. And you just feel like the resistance against her in this really great way. And I really, I thought that was really effective, especially in the beginning. Uh, What about you, Courtney? What did you think?
2: Well, I really love the book. Um, I think Tiffany, again, she's great at building tension and having having a mystery within her story um I have to tell you and, and the listeners that I've just finished reading the book so I'm still really drawn to this story and I'm still wrapped into the book and that's the kind of effect she had on me when reading the story she mixes the right um components of social commentary meets mystery meets just pure empathy for a character um to make the reader think about what's really going on around them so uh, great author
0: How about you, Anna? First impressions?
2: I was just blown away. Uh, She definitely had me
1: on the edge of my seat. Every page I was turning, was like, what's going on? Are you kidding me? Like, it was (laughs) (laughs) mind-blowing. It really was.
0: Yeah, I felt that too. I was so kind of, not lost as I was reading this, but really disoriented. And Mm -hmm. so even reading it, I empathized with Claudia and how she was disoriented um, in her life, you know, not having anyone believe her and not really having anyone seem to think it's a big deal. Like, everybody's like, oh, yeah, well, sometimes kids don't come to school. It and... was so
3: frustrating.
0: <laughs> like... Yes. And, you know, Claudia's like, but Monday loves school. And I really loved the character of Claudia. It comes out very early on that she is passionate about dance and... She likes school not as much as Monday and it it also comes out very early on that she struggles with a learning disability and I loved how that was treated in the book and how we got to see her progression dealing with the learning disability and learning to manage like the overlays um mm-hmm. for the pages to make the letters stop moving around and I just I loved these little details that really fleshed out Claudia and made us empathize, like you said.
2: I just wanted to add one thing to that as it relates to the learning disability. One of the things that is really upsetting in a lot of communities especially in the Black community, when it comes to mental health issues and it comes to learning disabilities, it's almost like you're so worried because you already stick out, you're already a minority, that you're scared to be any more different. And so I know, I can just imagine this girl not wanting to be any more different. And then the parents are saying, my baby's not dumb. You know, those types of things, that language, and even the kids that picked her on in school, that was so heart-wrenching because This girl is just trying to make it and this is happening to her. And that's true for anyone, but it's especially heartbreaking, at least for me, to see in the the complexity of the entire story of all the issues she's dealing with. And then you add on top of that, that she's feeling self-conscious about her ability to fit into her own school environment. That was a challenge for me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And Black students and Latino students are over-identified for special education in the first place, um, white teachers will often misidentify what they think are behavior problems as learning disabilities. So this is, this is definitely an issue. But,
3: but Wait, so are you saying that like, like they get diagnosed with behavior problems instead of learning disabilities? No, or? I'm
0: saying that they get thrown into special ed because white teachers don't know how to interact with these students. Like, white teachers think think that they're seeing behavior issues, issues. and they just throw them into special ed as, like, a way to cast them off.
2: Or pretty much not wanting to deal with them. Right. Or because I don't want to be so unfair to the teachers. I'm, it's even a challenge because in the complexity of a, of an urban school environment where you're also dealing with a lack of resources, it's like, they don't want to deal with it. And it's almost, they're not even encouraged to sometimes. Sometimes it's just about how many kids can get past the test. If they can't pass the test. Can you yeah. move to another place? Right. So you, so we can have an excuse for them not pass the test. You've seen our school systems challenge with dealing with, um, t- dealing with this issue. And then when you talk about our minority under resource school environment that doesn't have you know the ability to support the student body it's not looked at oh this is a challenge but you can overcome it this is a challenge and I can't deal with it it's how it's handled you know our children are suffering I, and I don't I don't want to jump ahead but there was a particular quote there um, from from one of the teachers she says I tried to bring it up before but folks just told me to keep you moving Everything about the school is driven by our ranking. No one has time to just take a moment and really be with our students. That just broke my heart when I read that. Like, I, I wrote it down. I'm not a teacher, but when I saw that, I just felt the pain of the teacher who wanted to be there for her students, and she wasn't even encouraged to do so. That is something.
3: And that's also, I think that's a really good quote to pull out because I think that also really plays into how it's possible for Monday to just not show up to school and somehow it just slips through the cracks like Monday and Claudia are both these students that even though they're good students they've never done like really anything wrong they're just like doing their work going to school but still both of them in their own way just wound up slipping through the cracks because there just weren't enough resources to support them
0: I want to shout out that teacher before we continue because I want to come back to her later but Miss Valenti um she is their favorite teacher from seventh grade, and she's the one that Claudia goes to as soon as she starts eighth grade and Monday's not there. And she's the one that Claudia turns to for help. Miss Valenti is also openly gay, and Claudia worries about this other layer that we've talked about on the show before, which is like, well, if I really like this teacher, are my classmates going to think I'm gay?
3: I did- Did she worry about that? I don't think she worried about that. I mean, like, they had all of the bullying and everything, but I thought that was because of her and Monday's closeness and not related to Miss Valenti. But I think that it makes a lot of sense with what you were saying, Courtney, about just, like, she didn't want to stick out anymore, you know, she didn't want to be any more different. And so, yeah, I could see how the rumors going around about Claudia and Monday really made Claudia feel that she didn't want to be any more different she didn't want that extra layer but i didn't get that she was reluctant to be around miss valenti because it's who she went to automatically
1: as we watched the characters interact with each other i did notice um you can tell that um monday was you know it was from the lower part of her city and claudia You know, had a a little bit of a better life. Yes, her parents struggled a little bit, but not as much as Monday did. I mean, she was always there eating. They always hung out, which was... I was kind of concerned because I was like, Claudia basically relies on Monday for everything, not realizing Monday relied on her, too, to get her out of that home life that she didn't want to be in. Mm -hmm. So they they honestly needed each other so that way they could function.
0: Right, and they claudio talks about them needing each other like claudia doesn't believe at first that monday would need anything from her she's like well monday will be fine without me but like how will i be without her but i have to find her because i love her and she's my friend and not just because i need her but also i need her right i really was interested by the character of monday's sister what did y'all think of april
2: I liked her character. I liked that she existed within this book because she's kind of the girl that everybody talked about in school, was warned about. And there were some funny things in the story, at least related to my cultural experience growing up, saying things like, watch out she's fast right or Watch out, you know those types of things so she's the fast girl that everyone was told to be um scared of or, or walk away from but in reality that girl tended to be the most loyal person you know she was she was the person who knew things that you can go to when you had questions i i loved her as a character because she she kind of reminded me of those women that were in my community or those young girls or teenagers that were in my community that were like that
3: yeah and they were the ones who are never going to judge you you know right you you
2: knew like if you had a question you could ask her she was not going to judge you and she almost in a way showed you how you could be confident in yourself and be firm in who you are
0: yeah i totally agree i liked april and i want to come back to her later and with that friends we'll take our first break when we come back we'll share about things we like a latte then we'll return to our discussion of monday's not coming and dig a little deeper Support for this podcast comes from Audible. Audible is offering listeners of the YA Cafe a free 30-day trial and a free audiobook to get you started. Y'all, I love audiobooks. I listen to them all the time, whether I am grocery shopping or in the car or on a walk with Padfoot. It's just one more way to get more books in my day. Check us out at audibletrial.com slash YA Cafe. Happy reading! Welcome back, y'all. It's time for Things We Like a Latte. Danielle, what's your brew of choice this week? Well, I'm going to talk about a video game thing. What? (laughs) (laughs) She's acting surprised, but Amanda's actually the one that introduced me to this concept. So I don't love video games. I'm just going to say it. I don't like playing them. I don't like scary monsters. I like when it's just puzzles, but that's it, right? But Amanda introduced me to the concept of a Let's Play, which is watching good video gamers play video games. And so we are watching the game Undertale as being played by Game Grumps. And these dudes are like both comedians and voice actors, so they are just super entertaining. I just love their sense of humor and all the voices. It's just a delightful adventure. So that is The Undertale Let's Play
2: by Game Grumps. How about you, Courtney? Things are like a latte. I like or love dc in the summertime i don't know if you guys have been here or know what it's really like but between the beautiful weather the good music good fish on the wharf and all of the go-go music that tiffany jackson talked about nice. she's not lying when she says it's exciting and fun to live in this area it is that's awesome how about you anna what's your
1: thing you like a latte well, my most recent thing I like a lot, is um, my daughter's huge on finding the craziest, funniest videos on YouTube. And she introduced me to Domics, and he does animations pertaining to his life that, about things that bother him. So <laughs> the guy is hilarious. Like, I'm sitting there. It's like, kid, what time did you find to find this video? So that, that is my thing this week. Domics, D-O-M-I-C-S.
0: And how about you, Amanda?
3: So My Thing I Like a Latte is a super well-known book, blah, blah, blah. Everyone's talked about it because it's fantastic. Um, It's called Sing, Unburied, Sing by Jesmyn Ward. This book was really wonderful. It follows this preteen boy in rural Mississippi for about a week. And while telling his story, it also parallels the story of his grandfather's past and like just all about the legacy of trauma in like the mystical parts of their lives and it all just came together in like this really beautiful lyrical way um i really liked the depiction of religion in the book like they would call out to yamaya and Marie Laveau and Virgin Mary all in the same breath and it was just really well done uh, if you haven't read it yet then i definitely recommend it Sing Unburied Sing by Jesmyn Ward awesome
0: we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we'll return to our discussion on Monday's Not Coming The rest of the show may contain spoilers, so if you're leaving us here, keep in touch on Instagram and Twitter at YA Cafe Podcast. We'll be back!
3: Welcome back, y'all, to the YA Cafe. We're continuing our discussion on Monday's not coming by Tiffany D. Jackson. If you haven't read this yet, we want to warn you again that this segment will contain spoilers. Spoilers. Okay, you Courtney, really shouldn't
0: sing it for this one, should you? They're not really happy spoilers. They're not happy spoilers. It's more like, <laughs> it's more like, oh my gosh, she's really not coming. <laughs> so, Courtney, we promised you a space to vent and some catharsis, maybe, for your feelings.
2: I am so emotional about this book. I think I started to cry when she was dancing and then the girl walks in and she says, just smile. That's why you're not doing I don't something in me broke a little bit because mm-hmm. isn't that kind of how life is? That everything's going on around you and you have to act. You have to, like, smile anyway, and that's how you get to the next day. It's so interesting that that's a heavy lesson to learn at 14 years old, 15 and and however old she was at that point. That's a heavy lesson to learn as a child. And something in me broke when I read that, and I just started crying for the rest of the book.
0: Yeah. I think for me, I started figuring out the chapters before after, before the before, after the after. Mm-hmm. And that's when my heart just broke and kept breaking.
3: So that was, that was effective for you, the way that the, the chapters were broken up? It was not for me, but, uh, like, the rest of the book was great. The chapter thing just didn't work for me.
0: So I think the reason it worked for me was because, like I said in the spoiler-free section, it was completely disorienting, which is what it would have been for Claudia, Mm -hmm. and disjointed so disorienting disjointed and yeah that worked for me how about you Anna do you have to express Um, feelings here
1: yes a lot (laughs) (laughs) um for me it was the letter to the readers um just reading that just like I already knew that at some point in the book I was just going to boo-hoo cry and that's exactly what happened So, yeah, it's crazy to me that like our children are slipping through the cracks. Like, how do you not know where these kids are? And for Tiffany to state that this is a common thing in D.C., I'm like, no way. I was just blown away by that. And I literally went in and looked up different cases that, you know, children, young girls, 13, 14, 17, missing in D.C. How? Nobody knows where they are. What do you mean? It just blew my mind.
2: One of the things I really enjoyed about Allegedly that Tiffany Jackson did again in this book was the unreliable narrator. She uses it as a tool to draw you into the story and sort of point you into a specific direction. But at the end of the book, you realize you weren't really listening and and hearing all the pieces of the story. And it all kind of comes together at the end. Um, I really liked that tool. I have to agree with Danielle when they said that the chapters being uh, sort of before, before, after, after all that. um, It was disorienting a little bit, especially since it was hard for me to. um, I I still don't really know what age she was at every um, on every page, but I really enjoyed how she did that. From that perspective, the ending was a surprise in that. Um, that it was resolved. I think what was happening with Claudia, but there was no surprise what happened to Monday. I think early in the book, you realize that Monday really is not going to come home. Like it's, It's you know, it's happening. (laughs) And so once you realize that, you know, Monday's not coming home, that's the title of the story, you're, you're waiting for the mystery to unfold. And then when you find out what it was, that is what really makes my heart break.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And this brings me back to April, because it turns out that April is the most reliable. Courtney, you said April's always going to tell it like it is. And she totally does. And, like, at first it seems cagey, but like you said, if we had been really paying attention, we would have seen the truth there the whole time.
3: Yeah, I just, I hesitate to call anyone reliable who, like, put their sister in a freezer, you know? That seems like
0: a strong adjective there. Yeah, she has seen some trauma, inflicted trauma, complicated character. So you jumped right to the end. Anyone else want to jump on board with the freezer What the thing? hell, man? This is a spoiler section.
1: <laughs> I did wanted to say, though, I mean, as strong as I see April is, um, I also saw her weakness because whatever what was going on at home, was the situation that caused her to be, quote-unquote, fast. Um, that was her way of escaping that. And I just, I've seen that so many times. It just, it's just, it's mind-boggling.
3: One thing I really got from April uh, is something that you see a lot from not only kids who are victims of abuse, but also, like, adults or people who are just generally in bad circumstances and could get help for them, uh, where they look at their circumstance and they say, yes, this sucks, but I don't know what would happen if Mm -hmm. I went for the alternative, you know? And so the knowledge of a situation that sucks can be easier to deal with, like better the devil, you know, in a lot of ways. And that's definitely what I saw from April. Like, yes, everything is terrible, but a few more months and I can keep my sister, can stay together, we can have some kind of semblance of a family. So that was what I really saw with April was just, I know everything is terrible. I know what I've done is wrong, but I don't want to
2: change it. Also, when it came to April, I think she carried a burden that was not really meant for her. But it's very true for kids who are growing up in spaces where their parents are absent and not just physically absent, right? So somewhere in the story, I I don't recall the page, they talk about how with all of the tearing down of the neighborhoods and all the eviction notice, something happened in her mom where she sort of, like, there was a switch that went off. And at that point, the household sort of became upside down. I mean, there was probably a lot of abuse even before then. But at that point, April sort of becomes more than just a daughter. She becomes the big sister, the mother. She becomes, in a lot of ways, the other best friend to Monday, even though uh, Claudia doesn't want to sort of believe that. I forget the quote exactly, but she said something, you don't know what I had to do or something like that. And, and I'm just, I'm almost forced to see like those images of where I'm seeing her with these men and whatever else she had to do to probably take care of those kids so they can eat and enter her sister into the lottery. So she's very complicated and she probably did some very uh, questionable things, but a lot of those kids who end up on the street in order to survive, they do become that. I mean, how else do you survive? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I have, uh, you know, I want to feel optimistic for April at the end of the novel. You know, it's very open-ended, like, what's going to happen to her now that at the end of the novel, finally, they're removed from their mother, and you hope that things are going to get better for her. She seems, like, very smart and very capable. I just, I want to be optimistic for April at the end of the novel.
2: I do too. But at the same time, it's so sad because because she's still living with that guilt. I mean, you, you can yeah. still see it. And let me tell you, guilt comes back, you know, and, and it forces you down these rat holes and you relive those moments and i are optimistic for her, but she's... She's a child with issues, and I just hope that in the real the real version of the Aprils in the world, I hope they do go out and get the help that they need so that they can deal with the trauma of their life.
1: April was such a complicated character. She really was. I know she was hurting, but I know her having sex with these random guys and she's being called, you know, loose or whatever. It was like she needed to be loved because it was apparent that her mom wasn't giving it to her. So this was her way of finding love. Sorry, anything that deals with kids, like it really gets to me. It just
0: Yeah, and I mean, this is based on reality, like you were saying, Anna, with the Mitchell Blair?
1: Yes. Um, I heard of Mitchell Blair or her story last year. Mitchell Blair um, killed her nine-year-old son in 2012, placed him in a freezer, and then a year later, in 2013, she killed her 13-year-old daughter. So she put both of them in the freezer. She had four kids. And as I'm reading the book, this story, this case was, oh, my God, she's talking about this. So
3: it must um, have been, right? Like it was it was based on it or?
1: Yeah. Well, um, Tiffany didn't say, you know, this was the case. But I mean, four kids didn't Mon- um, Monday's mother have four children. Yeah. Two of them passed a boy and a girl. That's them. Um, the freezer situation. She put both of her kids in the freezer. She beat both of them pretty much to death. And it was in Detroit. So when I read Tiffany's letter, she stated it was two cases, you know, one in Detroit, one in um, D.C. So as soon as she st- I started reading that and understanding where she was coming from, that story, that case is what triggered like, oh, my God, she's talking about this case. I mean, I could be wrong, but it was just too close to say it wasn't. And
0: I don't know if this was the case in the Mitchell Blair case, but a heartbreaking Thing for me at the end of this novel was that the police reckon with the fact that they have 911 calls recorded from the teacher, Miss Valenti, who said, You know, something's not right. Please go to Monday's house. Something is wrong. Please check on this kid. And they ignored that. They didn't follow up. And so they had to admit to having those once Monday was found in the freezer. And that was just terrible. I'm like, huh.
3: Yeah, that wasn't it for me. For me, it was Claudia having to sit in the room with the officer who laughed her out of the police station when she was trying to file a missing persons report. That was what really was so frustrating for me. Like, she was there, and now you're acting like she's essential information after Monday's gone. Like same kind of thing same concept of just they had this information they could have helped they could have done something and they didn't
1: look at the neighborhood that they were in they were black people i mean it's so sad it really is
2: i just get so sad about that because every child deserves to be to get attention and to be found and there's no child that's more valuable than another child but it just breaks my heart that not all of our children are getting the same attention Mm -hmm. you know What's happening in the media or even the school systems or or even our neighborhoods how it's so easy to make the excuse that they just ran away they're just a troubled child they're just being fast it was even if those things were all true, if that had been another little girl, they would have looked for her they would have tried to find her. It's just something to be said for me to see that so much time passed and and there was not enough attention. I think they said the social workers were saying that she was there, but she was not there. So who was doing their job? Who was not doing the job? And mm-hmm. and how, how often is this happening?
3: Yeah. Like how many cases do we not hear about? Because people
2: just don't have
3: a Claudia who keeps poking, you know?
2: Right. And Claudia was complicated because she's a person who is young, She's, you know, she's kind of picked on. She has a, some so, some issues that she's working through. Uh, she's probably not the most popular kid. or All these things about her that makes her an unreliable narrator for this story, but makes her an unreliable witness to any crimes that are taking place. People don't want to believe her anyway.
3: Yeah, and like one of the things that she says, I think it's like three quarters of the way through the book, is that she she stops looking for Monday for herself. Like she recognizes that the whole time she had been looking for Monday, she really like was worried about getting into high school. She was worried about not being able to choreograph these dances without Monday's help. And then when she finally realizes that she needs to do this for Monday, that's when things start moving forward for her. Mm-hmm.
2: It was such a heavy read because, again, it, it was the way Tiffany just did an outstanding job writing this novel and you know it's very hard as you know black authors black women writers women writers in general when you get into these genres and these spaces people want to dismiss your book as a, another urban tale and it's a, and it's very easy this could this story could have easily have been another urban tale that did not get media attention the way it's getting today but I she just did and I love urban tales so there's no there's no hate hate for that at all I don't want to um, do a comparison but I really loved what she did with this book. She started off this book with such a happy note. I saw DC in the summertime. I heard go-go music, the way she did all the descriptions. She had the mambo sauce and she named all of my favorite bands. And then she (laughs) ends on this note of like a little girl losing her best friend and having to live anyway. And how often are our little children getting lost and they're forced to just deal with it, to Mm -hmm. just live in it anyway. So much to think about.
0: Definitely. I agree. Anna, any parting thoughts? I
1: gotta say, though, after reading the book, I did go and give my daughter a hug, and I told her that I'd always be there for her. Like, you know, as a parent, when you hear stories of this and know that I'm about to cry, it's really happening, and these kids aren't being protected. Like, they didn't ask to be here, but, I mean, ugh. (sighs) Sorry.
3: (laughs) No, it's, uh it's It's a really different perspective for you to read this as a parent, because like seeing a parent in this role it's just
0: really different
1: yeah, like the mom didn't even care, like she knew what she did, and she just sat on the corner smoking her weed like it was nothing, and then she admitted it in court it was it was she wasn't right in the head, it was crazy.
0: That's our show for today, friends. Thank you so much to our guests Courtney and Anna. You can find Anna on Instagram at Hanaya7 and Courtney at Coco underscore chasing underscore Thanks, ladies. Thanks. Thank you. You. And you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at YA Cafe Podcast. We'd love to hear from you. If you're enjoying the show, leave us a review. Come on, guys. We want to hear from you. Happy reading! <laughs>